Ojea da Consciencia Negra, which is being celebrated in Brazil today. And this day recalls that the death of Zumbi dos Palmares was an enslaved African who became a symbol of the struggle of the black people against slavery by escaping from slavery and leading the Colombo dos Palmares, one of the largest free settlements in the Americas of the formerly enslaved. Zumbi died while defending his community and fighting for the rights of his people. So today we join with our brothers and sisters in, in Brazil as we commemorate, we celebrate this day. And I wanna say a special good morning to them. Bom dia, bom dia, bom dia. And Toveluva and Alabe and Anderson and Quataluche, we say we join with you in solidarity across the waters this morning, giving thanks and honoring that we can be part of this celebration. And for me this morning, it's, it's, it's a morning, it's a time, it's a day of celebration, it's a day of joy, it's a day of gratitude. Because we're giving thanks for Zumbi. And one of the, the things I've learned over this period is that it's important to not contribute to Eurasia. So we call names. It's important to say names. And so I say the name Steve Biko, whose sensibilities around Black consciousness gave rise to the theme for this festival, Pride of Power and Practice. I say the names Heather, McIntyre, Simon, and Sean Samad who through their work at the University of the West Indies started the commemoration of this day approximately six years ago and whose work gave rise to the idea for this festival. So we're calling the names, we're saying thank you this morning. I say Sean again, I wanna call Sean name again because Sean was instrumental in ensuring that we had these 20 conversations in 2020. And when we ask how did it happen, um, Sean said spirit, and I firmly believe spirit has been guiding us, has been leading us to ensure that this happens. I say Nadella Oya, and we give thanks to Nadella's energy because Nadella's um, position was, we can't have a Black Consciousness Festival without cultural activities. And so we had 20 cultural activities being part of the festival. And then I say the name Lee, Lee Ramjan, Lee Lutchman, sorry. Lee, who has been instrumental in doing all of the graphics for us. And so this morning, we just giving thanks. It's a joyous time. We are here. We are alive. We can commemorate. We can celebrate. So we give thanks for that. And we remember those who went before us. And we're going to start off this one this morning, the first one this morning, um, on ritual dance and movement. And the best person who can lead that conversation is no other than the Brazilianist <laughs> who has both Yoruba and Fulani ancestry. So we get thanks for that and I hand you over to Sean. Thank you. Thank you, Erica. Um, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, everyone watching. Um, welcome uh, to Brandon Hampton out of the US and Adonis Diaz Fernandez, uh, Cuban, but uh, here in Trinidad and Tobago. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Thank you both on mute. <laughs> Doing great. So happy to be here. Nice. Not a problem. Not a problem. So, our conversation this morning um, is meant for us to 
to talk a little bit about um, ritual movement and popular dance, um, because we understand that they are intimately connected in this part of the world in the Americas because of our history um, and, and because of how things have unfolded in our spaces. So before we, we get into the juice of the conversation, I'd just like you to tell us a bit about yourselves and why, um, why dance has been an important part of your life or your practice. Let's start with Adonis, maybe. Hi. Um, thank you very much um, for the presentation and for the, for the great opportunity to have this conversation um, for this event. Uh, well, what can I say about me? Um, I'm someone that um, from very early in my life, I um, be involved of the Yoruba tradition that in Cuba called Santeria or Regla de Ocha, right? Um, from very early, I grow, um, listen history, uh, be witness about um, ceremony, um, rituals, um, always, yes, like um, like the 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 theme of this uh, conversation is about uh, ritual movement and dance. Uh, the dance is one of the manifestation that always is uh, very close to the um, to all the ritual in the Yoruba tradition of Santeria or Regla de Ocha mm -hmm. that is um, developed in Cuba. Um, you know, from my own experience, I have so many, you know, stories that I can say uh, from very early in my life, but I choose three of them that they are really impressed to me. So um, I would like to start before um, to we start the conversation, I would like um, to give a song honor to our ancestor um, that this, just because our ancestor, we have this uh, wonderful, um, uh, you know, event right now, mm -hmm. um, in in remembrance to to what they what they give up as a legacy. So I will I will do a short uh, um, salutation, mm -hmm. um, a short um, kind of uh, um, pray that we always do. Cuban people that is involved of this tradition do always early in the morning when we wake up and we give some salutation to our origin. So I would like to say that Moyuba Gualofi, Moyuba Gualoro, Omituto Anatuto Agua, Sinachea, if Funche will mola y queño, Iba Baba, Iba Yeye, Iba Poda, Iba Lodumare, Acheva Bache, Acheo Lofi, Acheo Rumila, Acheo Boch, Acheo Boricha, Acheo Luo, Acheo Yubona, Acheo Male Yuko Du, Acheo Male Yuko Sia, Cheta, Acoda, in this way, we, we always start our day and remind, um, you know, our honor to our ancestor and our Orisha. And they are very related with the dance movement, with, the, with all um, manifestation of art, in this case for, for dance. So um, to talk about uh, my own experience, I have some um, story. I, I didn't saw that, but my grandmother always tell me mm -hmm. when I was uh, uh, very young. I just said that her grandmother uh, was someone that uh, before to get the initiation, she was um, she cannot walk. She has some problem mm -hmm. in the leg, 
and she cannot walk. So by the time that she do the initiation, in the moment that they do the ceremony, she stand up and she start to dance for the Orisha that she was, uh, uh, um, you know, initiated at this time. Mm -hmm. So from this particular time that she, uh, my, my grandmother always tell me that story, I recognize and I realize that dance is very important in the ritual uh, movement and vice versa, ritual movement is uh, have a very strong influence in dance. So I, I see that, that the, the history um, was very, uh, you know, strong to understand about um, how dance can be combined with, um, with the ritual. In Cuba um, happened some kind of uh, phenomenon that uh, since 1930, um, a, a lot of intellectual people, uh, writers, um, you know, uh, theater people, they was very interested in all everything that is related with the with the black uh, representation, and um, not only black representation is in in the African diaspora culture in the art. Um, this uh, was a process that after 30 years that happened, at the time that Cuban revolution come, um, also was uh, another movement that this movement developed, something that today exists, that is El Conjunto Folklorico Nacional. Um, they always do an art of representation by dance, you know, my main, main thing is by dance about all this um, um, Yoruba tradition, right. all uh, the Orisha movement in in Cuba. Mm -hmm. So it's, this is something that really make um, you know a strong connection between mm -hmm. uh, the dance and and the and the the, the ritual. Right. Um, also, in the same uh, year, in in the nineteen thirty. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's important to say that um, in Chicago, in the fair of Chicago, mm -hmm. was uh, presented uh, the rumba and this genre for um, is a dance genre that have um, three three different way to manifest right. and this from Cuba. Right. So all this all this movement coming up that when you are talking about ritual and dance, mm -hmm. you can the relation the connection and they, yeah. um, they cannot be uh, full separate so um this is something that i i i would like to 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 say but also uh brandon this is <laughs> about the, the dance thank you so much adonis and brandon yeah. tell us about you and uh and your connection to dance how how um how did you come about to be interested in in afro latin dances and what are you doing now that is uh connected to it oh yeah of course so hello everybody my name is brandon um music and dance have always been a part of my life and sort of throughout my life they've been a part of my life in very different ways so I grew up in a Southern family, you know, my roots are in Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana, all those different states. And every two years, my family has a family reunion where we basically just meet up in a state somewhere in the United States where somebody hosts us. And 
um, every night we have a gathering, we eat, we dance, and it's something beautiful that really happens where we all come together and we all dance together and we do line dances. And it's something that's sort of a family tradition and we'll do like the soul train line, everybody comes through with their partner and, and do their little improvised dance. Very cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, we were actually supposed to have one uh, this year, but with the pandemic, that kind of messed plans up. But um, yeah, dance has has had a special place in my heart. And I think, you know, in those those early years, it was a struggle because with my family, they would always make fun of me uh, because they were like, oh, this kid has no rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> so that was definitely uh, something that was hilarious. Like every time I go to a family gathering, um, and just like the pressure of everyone watching me and having to dance in front of everyone. To see what like, your performance is going to be like that particular year. Right. <laughs> I was like, um, no, I can't do this. <laughs> but um, when I got to college, that's when I actually um, was really curious about um, wanting to learn more about dance and learning in sort of a more structured format. And I joined a salsa dance team, something completely different from my background and something that I had no idea uh, that I was you know, going to be interested in. So um, my curiosity for sort of the Latin culture stemmed from a study abroad trip I took in high school to Costa Rica. And in that trip, we actually took salsa classes and I learned sort of the basic step and the rhythm and just immediately the music was so colorful, vibrant that I just fell in love with it. So I wanted to try to do it at my college and I ended up making the team somehow. But um, yeah, and through that team, I had no idea about the, um, the African connection. That was something that I sort of learned later in the process. And it was through my own personal research, but also through professors at my university. And it's something that, you know, I remember the first time I stepped out on the social dance floor. And that's sort of the term they use in the Latin dance community. Social dancing basically is like, you, you enter this place and you walk up to a stranger and you ask them to dance, which for me, <laughs> um, that was a struggle for me to, to have the confidence to go up to somebody I don't know and dance with them. I was like, oh my God, that was so nerve wracking. <laughs> but um, I remember, you know, some of those first moments and hearing the certain key instruments within the music, because in salsa music, there are so many different instruments, you know, they have and depending on what type of salsa we're talking about, but just when I heard the drums and the claves, um, there was something, it was something about that feeling that it felt oddly nostalgic and, and oddly like familiar. And it, it was something that I couldn't explain, something that I felt that, it, it, I, I can't really talk about it in words, honestly. It's like a nature, like you had a connection with it, yeah. Exactly. And I think from that moment, I realized, and I was sort of confused. I'm like, why? Like, I've never heard this music before. It's not part of my culture. Like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling so connected to it? And then I started learning about the African roots nice. and everything was just like, whoa. <laughs> everything made sense. That explains it. <laughs> exactly. And um, there are so, like, when it comes to salsa, as Adonis explained, like, it's so connected to the history, the religion, Santeria, which uses Catholicism with Yoruban tradition. There's so much history there. And to me, you know, as someone like, as an African-American born in the United States, I've always been accustomed to the 
Black American experience within the United States. I had no idea about Black lives outside of the United States until really late in college. So I was really intrigued. I had, you know, and that's something that I felt that it was sort of my duty to learn about those stories and learn about those music traditions and dance traditions because there's so many connections. There are so many similarities between Afro-Latin culture and African-American culture, for example. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I saw that, especially within um, salsa and the improvisation within those genres of music, how, you know, a lot of those traditions stem from the religion and the, um, the different movements you see within, let's say, an Orisha, for example. An Orisha is like a Yoruban god. Um, and a lot of times in Santeria, it's paired with a Catholic saint. So essentially slaves in Cuba did this in order to conceal their traditional beliefs from the Spaniards. So it was like, oh, instead of, um, for example, someone like San Lazaro, Saint Lazarus is paired with Babaluaye, which is the Yoruban God. Um, so it's just something like that, that is pretty fundamental to it. But um, personally, yeah. So once I started to do more research on the different influences on Latin American music, um, I became inspired to sort of tell those stories through a podcast that I now run called Ritmos Negros, um, Black Rhythms, and that's R-I-T-M-O-S space N-E-G-R-O-S. And within that podcast, I talk about the different African influences within Latin American, Caribbean music and dance. And um, I interview people who are experts in the topic, dancers, musicians, artists, just people of the African diaspora in general. And just my goal really is to just show how we all are connected. We are so, you know, what's beautiful is that we're so diverse as a people, um, just people of the African diaspora, but we're so similar in so many different ways that we don't even realize it. Yes. And I think it's, it's, there's just so many um, ways that we can connect with one another and understand each other's stories through music and dance. I feel like that's one of the things that sort of connects us all and this sort of feeling of nostalgia for the homeland and feeling that we, you know, that there's something missing because of our history, because we don't know our roots in that sense. And yeah, so like when I dance, I literally feel like there's been moments where I get chills. There's been moments where it feels like, you know, like I'm actually in that ritual that I'm, I'm participating, that my, I'm channeling my ancestors. And it's something that's so powerful that can't be explained with words, mm-hmm. but I feel that every sort of person of the African diaspora can relate to that and has a connection um, within that at some point in their lives or will have that. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because, you know, the whole point of this festival, the Black Consciousness Festival, is really to highlight um, the similarities to highlight the connections, to highlight the fact that yes, even though we might be separated by water or land across the American hemisphere, um, and I say the American hemisphere uh, consciously because America is not just North America, it's just, it's the entire hemisphere. Um, even though we may be separated by language, by um, you know different different things, different um, political structures, etc., there there are really fundamental. Um, things about our cultures that link us. And and you you talked so well about that. But um, let me ask a question to to Adonis. Adonis, in terms of the dances that have come out of Cuba, because 
there's so many, Cuba is so rich in, in, in African heritage and so much has come out of Cuba that many times the things that have come out of Cuba get, uh, I don't want to use the word stolen, but they get adopted by other, other places. And then we forget that they come from Cuba. So tell us a bit, <laughs> tell us a bit about, um, in your perspective, what are some of the, the main or the core dances that have come out of Cuba? You're on mute. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No uh, okay. Um, well, let's use in the word borrow. Mm -hmm. Borrow. Okay. Yes, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> to borrow. Yeah. Well, um, you know, uh, Cuba is like as you say, is very rich in um in different kinds of music, right? From Cuba coming the song Cubano, mm -hmm. from Cuba coming before the dance song that was um. Uh, you know, that was a very fine dance uh, for the salon and things like that. From Cuba coming, uh, yeah, dance song. Uh, from Cuba also coming, um, the mambo mm -hmm. was uh, from um, Perez Prado, was, uh, was the founder of mambo. Uh, another, another genre called Mozambique from um, somebody uh, called uh, Peyo Afrocan. Um, yeah, um, from Cuba also is um, uh, Cha 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 from Enrique Jorin. All these gender have a very strong fundament in African heritage. Okay. All them. All them, because all the, the rhythm, mm -hmm. all the beat, all uh, the conception of the music is mm -hmm. coming from, uh, you know, African heritage. Because okay. uh, we have to remember all the all the, the kind of ethnicity that come into to Cuba right. and all they live in the in the um, in the same place. Yeah. So um, days days ago we was uh, have a conversation about the cabildos de nación, mm -hmm. right? That, that was a celebration that. Uh, start to make one century before the Spanish colonization, uh, colonization coming to here to 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 America. Mm -hmm. So it all all they bring um, that kind of uh, rich culture right. and you know make it more powerful the music uh, in Cuba. Mm -hmm. So uh, for example, right now in the world everybody know about salsa, mm -hmm. but salsa is a is a genre that. It's, it's a song Cubano. Okay. You know? Yeah, always was a song Cubano. What happened that the uh, Puerto Rican people make it more commercial and they put the name of salsa. This is a remind me also part of the transculturation process mm -hmm. that happened in Cuba and all the, you know, American and the Caribbean yeah. that everything is mixed yeah. and produce a new phenomenon and this is that happened with the music in Cuba, with the dance. Wow. Randall was just speaking something about uh, the experience, how they can feel the energy, the the rituality, the um, the thing when he dance and how it was uh, very uh, interesting. I was to say at the beginning of my conversation that I have two the three story that was uh, uh, part of the experience, yes. and this is the second one. 
I know somebody from US like Brandon, a black American from US that coming to Cuba to get an initiation, mm -hmm. right? This person get initiated in Ochun, okay. but this person never know nothing about um, uh, the Orisha right. and about the dance. So in, when you get initiated as a, in Ocha ceremony, you have one day that you have a ceremony that they call this ceremony presentation al tambor is that you have a presentation the in drum. front of the drum, yes. right? Uh -huh. So this this ceremony is to make to make and communicate to Olodumare that in in the earth somebody get an initiation in Ocha, right? Oh. So the drummer, the sound of the drummer is the message that comes direct to Olodumare and communicate that, right? This person never know how to dance. This is a this is a black America, right? And the person was from Iowa. Okay. <laughs> All right. Not even from the no. south, right? <laughs> no, no, this person was from Iowa. Yeah. So this person get and in the moment that have the presentation to the drum, you know, the presentation and tambor, she uh -huh. start to dance. And she start to dance and dance like Oshun. And in that ceremony, some people that they are professional dancing from the Conjunto, Nacio Conjunto Folklorico Nacional, uh -huh. they say, from where this woman come. Right. Because she danced very perfect. Like, you know, like nobody, nobody know from where this person come. And she never knew nothing about that. So, um, you can see in that way that strong connection, that ancestral connection yeah. with uh, between the ritual movement and the dance. How is this is so powerful and get the communication right. right? We have to understand that part of this tradition always start when we bring to the art. Always start with the with the um, uh, with the uh, theater, right? So in the theater, all, most of the manifestation in theater is the most related to music and dance. But dance is the most uh, significant in this religion because every kind of uh, ceremony and every kind of initiation is related to dance. Everything is about dance. So I just said something about dance being important um, to ritual. Yeah, important to to religious tradition um, in Africa. It, but in your, when we compare it to other traditions we have around us, for example, like the Christian tradition, um, and not of course counting uh, the Christian tradition in the Southern United States, because in the Southern United States they sing and dance in the churches, right? But I'm talking about traditional Christian, um, maybe like Catholic or Anglican churches there's this absence of dance um why do you think dance is so critical to african uh, religious traditions well i i think that dance is a representation of a role okay you know um so for example if you see the rumba mm -hmm. rumba have three different ways to to manifest mm -hmm. you have the wawanko you mm -hmm. have uh, Colombia, and you have the Jambu. Okay. Right? So, in the Wawanko, 
you can say this is this is part of the rumba. All this thing is rumba, right? Mm -hmm. But in the wawako, you see the movement that women and men do, how they, you know, flatter each other, um, you know, have some movement that is the bakunao. Mm -hmm. So the bakunao is the movement that at this time, right. after all this flatter, the men try to get the woman, and the woman always show, uh, you know, that protection of that uh, cover to try to do be dodging. So this is part of, um, you know, some kind of role in the society that always uh, um, uh, happen. In the Colombia, um, it's, it's a dance that only men do, and they do representation of different role that men do. Right. And in the Jambu, is the representation of the people that they are more uh, in age, you know, that the old people, because they dance more slow, but right. everybody have a, representation in there. I think that for the um, humanist character mm -hmm. that the Yoruba tradition have, uh, the dance is very important because the dance is 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 a human natural um, um, expression. People, mm -hmm. you know, dance since the beginning of the, uh, you know, creation of the human being, they always dance to represent whatever. Um, is, is, is this rainy, the dance? Is the song is very hard, they dance, is this cool, they <laughs> dance, they, everything is done. So, so um, there was I, a way yeah. of communicating with, with the divine, I guess, in, in many ways. It's almost like praying. Dancing was a form of, pr of prayer in a way. It could be, mm. could be, but um, most that pray is the, is the representation that you, who really you are, you yeah. know, what, what, what you want to show to the, to the other. Yes. This is what I what I see dance the relation that dance with this um, uh, tradition. Okay. I think that um, they they cannot they cannot express too much thing. Just uh, no one can express too much thing just verbally. Mm. And Cuba is very Cuba is very important, very very specific and very powerful. Mm -hmm. You can get to some place that is a party nobody know any other person <laughs> and really nobody know any other person but you go and approach to the lady and you say can we dance and when you dance with the lady look like they dance all life and they never saw before yes you know so that's that's a very strong connection yeah. you know dance and it's a way to express something right. when you um, um you know when you when you learn how to dance salsa you have a way to have some expression, some kind of connection between this person and the other. Mm -hmm. And they don't know each other before. Yeah. So I think that uh, for that way, um, dance is very uh, important. Mm -hmm. the, other, the other part is um, um, that after the 1960s, 30 years after, and this is very interesting because I, I started a conversation talking about 1930. Mm -hmm. Then, 30 years after 1960, mm -hmm. and then 30 years after 1990, right? They come in with very a strong and powerful movement of salsa in Cuba mm -hmm. in the 90s. 
And the curious thing is that most of the music that was produced at that particular time, they always talk about the origins. Right. So when people dance salsa, mm -hmm. they also manifest the way that they dance for the origin. Right. Mm -hmm. So the salsa chain, the movement in the salsa chain, the way to express the dance. So this is a good point to to keep in for um, the relation between the ritual movement Brandon, do you do you get um are you involved at all with Orisha practice or you just dance it for for popular? Um so I I um I just recently um took some Orisha classes. It's something that I'm definitely getting more and more interested in and just mm -hmm. like I've always been interested in sort of the Afro-Cuban movement, like ever since I've seen. Um, you know, the shoulder movement, which is so characteristic of Afro-Cuban movement, whether it be Yemaya, the goddess of water and her like flowy movements. Um, and yeah, so like each of these movements have, they serve a, a certain purpose and they, yeah. they have history to them. And I think relating to what Adonis said, I definitely agree. I think dance is something that's so, um, so personal. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love it so much is because I can, I feel like I can be myself. It, right. it just puts me you know, in this very vulnerable state, but at the same time, it allows me to just feel so free and just liberate it. And I think that um, that that's the connection right there. It's also just because I can, I'm able to connect to other people. And like, as he said, like with salsa or like a lot of social dance styles, you don't even have to speak the same language as the person. You don't have to know anything. <laughs> the language is the dance, huh? <laughs> right. And, you know, with one dance, and I've seen this so many times and experienced it, like, you connect with this individual on such, I can't even like, honestly, that's why I love dancing when I'm speaking sometimes because the connection that you make with another person is so deeply human. And so it's just so profound, honestly, that it can't even be explained in words. You just have to dance to understand. I want to, um, I want to pause you there because I want to come back to that point. Uh -huh. Show us a clip from the, uh, Conjunto Folklorico Nacional in Cuba doing rumba. Um, and then I'll invite you guys to talk about it, to talk about what we show. <laughs> <laughs> it went on to the right. Sorry about that. 
<laughs> I should have just let it play, right? But uh, so that was that was what kind of rumba was that, Adonis? Well, um, that's that's a mixed thing. First, um, I think that this is um, one uh, band that the name is uh, Elio Reves Ucharangom, mm -hmm. right? Um, the music is the music, right. right? The dancer, you say that is from the from the conjunto folklorico, yes. mm -hmm. right? But they, uh, the music, this is one of the example that I that I mentioned before, right. how how the music get involved as a ritual and not only ritual, social movement too, mm -hmm. because the, the rumba in Cuba is a social movement. Okay. Rumba in Cuba is the way to, of life. You know, Cuba have uh, places that they have uh, like Palacio de la Rumba, uh, Sábado de la Rumba, uh, Rincón de la Rumba. All they are places that you can go and enjoy how people dance in rumba and also be participant too okay. of the of the event. Right. So um, the music, the song starts with some movement uh, for rumba and what they dance is one of the, um, we call variantes, right? Uh, one of the kind of rumba that is the wawanko mm -hmm. that the lady and the men dance each other. Yes. But then in the same, in the same song they change Right. And they start with salsa, salsa cubana, that the name of salsa cubana is timba, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's different to the Puerto Rican salsa that have another concept. Yeah. So the salsa cubana that have the name timba, so they start with the timba, but inside to the timba, because they are so implicated, they are so connected, um, connected. Mm -hmm. they can make some movement in the drumming, like, like, like uh, Brandon said before, that they include some kind of the beat of the rumba in there. Mm -hmm. So this is making change the sound in, in, in that way. So you can you can dance both of them. Mm -hmm. If you are, if you prefer to dance rumba, okay, you dance rumba. Right. If you prefer to dance salsa and you are very fast with your with your foot <laughs> and with your <laughs> leg to, to do because it's a very it's a very fast redound you yeah. can do. Yeah. But um the, the rich of the music, the rich of the music make that you can make the choice. Uh, and this part of the, of the communication, you know, you can't communicate, you can't, you can't, it's like, a, it's like a something say. Also, if you hear the lyrics of the music that this is another part, mm -hmm. the lyrics of the music is a, is a honor of some people that was very prominent in the rumba genre. Okay. So they mention people that they do a very strong, you know, um, apportation, a very strong uh, giving to the rumba. Right. So I think that, um, yes, it's, uh, it, it is. It's, it's, it's very, you know, representative. Wow. And so we've talked about Cuban dancers, and I think Cuba, in terms of Hispanic, the Hispanic Caribbean definitely has been at the front, the forefront of, of dance and musical traditions. Most of, of the Hispanic, the Spanish-speaking Caribbean's music 
um, popular music has come out of Cuba. But Brandon, I know in your podcast, Ritmos Negros, you also look at some other, um, you know, Spanish-based genres, and I don't, I shouldn't say Spanish, uh, Spanish-Caribbean-based genres. Um, tell us a little bit about some of those other genres that have come to your attention. Yeah, so another sort of um, huge influence in Afro-Latin music and African culture is the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. So you have a style of dance called bachata, um, and you, you have like merengue. And both of these styles are deeply rooted in African tradition. And like, um, for example, bachata, actually, do you want to show, I feel like just- I can work. do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can talk to it after. Uh -huh. <laughs> Yeah, so as you guys saw, um, it's a very, very fast syncopated beat. And um, one thing that's really interesting, there was an instrument there, it's called the guido. Mm -hmm. And it's, it had to like shh, shh, shh sound. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and what's funny is that actually um, I wanted to order this instrument. I wanted to play it. So I looked at, I looked it up on Amazon and I realized um, the instrument, it comes with a pick. So like literally like a hair pick right. on Amazon. So that's, that's when you know it's black. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> it came with a hair pick. I was like, okay, yeah, you, you got to know that. <laughs> so um, this style of dance is, it has a very, very interesting history because um Dominican Republic in general has been a very, um, there's been a lot of racial conflict. And I think a huge idea within Dominican Republic is this concept of mejorar la raza, which is improve the race. And essentially a lot of, um, during the sort of colonial area and after the colonial area, um, a lot of people have sort of been, um, had this mentality of, oh, um, and even black families have this mentality of, we have to whiten ourselves. We have to look a certain way in order to be perceived as accepted in society. So a lot of times you had a lot of mulatto people that would marry white people um, just to sort of preserve this image of whiteness within the country. And a lot of times with the, um, because bachata in itself was created by um, Afro campesinos or Af like African, Afro-Dominican countrymen basically in the country. And when it was created, it was essentially created in the streets and you know, parties, just gatherings like that. It was something that was very, it wasn't, it didn't have necessarily um, the structure in a sense that you see today. It was something very much like cultural and familiar. Yeah. And um, a lot of times the government, so during the Trujillo area, um, President Trujillo, he was sort of like the dictator of the Dominican Republic. Um, during that era, a lot of the government viewed um, Bachata as a very, sort of crude and vulgar dance form. Yeah. And it was sort of termed as the, um, as, as a dance that was for the, the, low, the lowly people of society, the poor people of society, mm -hmm. the white people. And a lot of times um, there were a lot, that translated into a lot of animosity towards those populations. And specifically um, also with the Haitian population because literally like, there's, there was so much, and there still is a lot of conflict between Haiti and Dominican Republic, and 
when it came to just the Haitian immigrants that were in the Dominican Republic, Trujillo had a lot of policies that tried to basically kick them out of the Dominican Republic. Like he had this policy of wanting to simply preserve the indigenous and Spanish blood, the sort of mestizo identity, but erase all of the black culture. So a lot of times, even people who were Dominican and were Afro-Dominican or just fully black, those people are also ignored by the government just because they looked quote unquote Haitian. And yes. that's, yes. Um, so there was a lot of conflict and um, essentially bachata as a dance form um, transformed. So like in the video that you just showed, mm -hmm. you see this like very fast syncopated rhythm, you see the footwork and that's a very characteristic aspect of traditional bachata because all of the improvisation is in the footwork. And um, so it's really interesting because you see that's where sort of the influence comes into it. And just from an instrumental perspective, the, the guitar sounds like even though the guitar comes from European tradition, Spain, for example, um, it's very similar to um, African concepts. So in Cuban songs, um, Son Cubano, you have the section called the Montuno, the call and response. Um, and you also have a section that is improvised with the guitar and that's very similar to bachata. Right. And bachata, um, that section essentially is closely related to another West African concept called vitamin tingo. And what's interesting about that concept is that essentially um, vitamin tingo is a concept that is very popular in Bandinka culture, mm -hmm. specifically in Jolly music. And Jolly music essentially um, Jolly is another term for griots, and um, within Jolly music, it's all about storytelling. It's all about um, the griots. They literally were people within Mandika culture and tribes that served as storytellers, and they would hold all of these genealogies and just right. the stories of their people. So you see those same stories that are translated within the lyrics, within the, the instruments, and a lot of traditional bachata songs are actually about sadness. Mm. They're about heartbreak in a sense there you know there are a lot of like sad themes to them that just spoke to people's lives during the time of people in the dominican republic yeah exactly and what you see nowadays which is interesting because you see with the transculturation you know the the um if you guys know romeo santos um with aventura mm -hmm. he and his group really popularized the bachata in the united states in new york yes. so it's going to transform and combine elements of r&b hip hop and all these different influences, yes. but you also have, um, you, you sort of, bachata is sort of transformed in a sense and lost, I would say its original essence in the, in the more modern sphere when it started to add all these, um, you have like the complex turn patterns or you have a lot of um, body movement. Like if you can show um, just a few seconds of the- Romero Santos. Yeah. Sure. Let's do that now. Es un placer conocerla. Qué bien te ves. Te adelanto, no me importa quién sea él. Dígame usted si ha hecho algo otra vez o alguna vez. Una aventura es más divertida si huele a Te invito a una copa y me acerco a tu boca Si te robo un besito, ábrete, no vas conmigo ¿Qué dirías si esta... 
Yeah, so as you guys saw in that um, video, in Bachata, so they basically have the same downbeat. And that downbeat um, essentially called the derecho, and that's considered like the most basic rhythm of Bachata. So it's like that two, 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 two sound. And um, what's interesting is that that sound is maintained in a lot of modern takes on bachata. So there's even like nowadays you have English um, remixes, like they can be like any song. There's just some of the beat too. Yeah, and there's, the dancing is so different. So like as you saw in that video, like the the um, you know the way I think about it is that it's very much it has become a very much Europeanized in the sense that just sort of it's become this um, presentation or something like that's very ballroom-like. Yeah. And not to say that that's, you know, that ballroom is bad, but just to say that it really sort of loses its improvisational and yeah. where it really stems from. And a lot of times in the movement, for example, like in the video, you have all these different technical aspects. Like nowadays with the bachata, there's so many different types of styling. Yes. Like, especially with the arms, like there's like technique and all these different things that are, it, it sort of loses its essence and like the, the, the intent behind it. And I think nowadays also it's become very over-sexualized. Right. Like it's very much about sexualizing the woman and um, it's become this thing where it's sort of being removed from the origins. And I think that's why like some people might not understand the origins or might not even Think about them because they're not easily seen within modern day bachata. So I just feel like there has to be more. The two awareness. things that you mentioned there that I wanna um, I wanna pick up on and and bring Adonis into the conversation about one has to do with um, a sort of conscious political decision by leadership within uh, different spaces where you know there's a, a significant African presence to privilege one genre of music over another because there's a, an association with with certain types of music as being too black or of having very black uh, representation. So in the example of the Dominican Republic where they privileged the merengue over the bachata because they felt the bachata was, was the, the genre between the two that was more African, that was more black. Um, Adonis, in your experience in Cuba, has that also happened in terms of politics? Has, have some genres of music and dance been um, privileged or elevated over others because some were too, too African? Well, um, I, I don't think so. Okay. I, I think that um, the most rich uh, music and dance the people enjoy in Cuba is um, is the one that is um, have a relation with Africa. Right. But let's in be Cuba, honest. Let's be honest, Adonis. All music yes. in the Americas, from Canada to Argentina to Argentina, are all African dances, right? They're all they're all African music, and they're all African dances, or at least rooted in African music and African dances. But in the case of the Dominican Republic, where they chose, because merengue is African also, but they chose merengue because the merengue kind of evolved to look a little less African than bachata. And it's the same for Brazil, where they, the political leadership made a decision to, to um, press, to, to give privilege and to give um, 
status as the national dance of Brazil to samba because they were able to kind of, I don't want to use the word, I want to say watered down, but that's that's pretty much what it was. They were able to create a form of, of samba that was con that was connected to African roots, yes, but was far enough away from it to not be too African. And so that's what I'm asking about in terms of Cuba. No, um, uh, no, basically no. in Cuba, yeah. in Cuba, no, uh, I don't think that they, they have that particular um, uh, issues. Um, from my experience, yes. I said from my experience, course, you know, yeah. I, I think that before, because I know that uh, by the time that the dance song was created, mm -hmm. um, you know, they have in their in the places that they dance uh, for dance song, they have some regulation, right. you know, and this regulation has to be that you have to dance uh, by, but by that time, you know, you have to be very decent. You cannot move too much. You are your ways um, and <laughs> seen like that. Right. So in, in order that um, a little, you know, take from the Africa root or from the Africa um, heritage. Mm. But actually, no. um, I, and I can tell you my own experience, yes. for example, the day that I have my, um, and I get back again to the ritual scene, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. the, the day that I have my own presentation to the drum, mm -hmm. right? I'm coming from a family that this family is complete Yoruba in both of the Santeria and something like that. So the day that I have to do, I have to dance in front of them. And can you believe that I cannot dance? How <laughs> come? Why not? I was so, I was so emotion and so you know in, inside to what i am doing yes. i was so respectful for what i am doing that i cannot dance and next to me was another person white person mm -hmm. you know blue eyes <laughs> right and this person was dancing like crazy he he keeping the show for him dancing <laughs> you you understand so i've seen like that I'll show you that maybe in Cuba we don't have this kind of uh, maybe uh, different maybe before yeah, yeah. because uh, by the time that the uh, folklorical was created mm -hmm. there are so many there has so many you know contradiction yes. um, so many people from from government yeah. and from half power yeah. they uh, they was um, you know completely disagree. Mm -hmm. that they show that kind of representation to the public mm -hmm. because this is supposed to be some kind of advertisement for for blackness and things like that and yeah. um, the history showed that no that this part of the the cuban identity and mm -hmm. um, is this a something part is this thing is part of the cuban identity mm -hmm. that is impossible that people don't want to be part of this right. you go you go to the party in cuba um, you know that that was happened before in the in the in 2000 early very early in the 2000 mm -hmm. um a group from cuba that the name is sub caribe right and people can look for that in, in internet sub caribe create a song that the song was la conga la conga santiaguera right mm -hmm. that was very popular in cuba la conga santiaguera well, La Conga Santiaguera is a dance 
that people do in Carnival in Santiago de Cuba. Right. Right? So yeah. Most of the people that they are participating there, they are, you know, Afro descendants. But by the time that this conga Santiaguera get popular in Cuba, if you see all the people that dance conga Santiaguera, it's no, it's no, you know, it's not different age, you know, um, um, color, the skin, you know, um, ethnicity, religion. I know people from, you know, from from other denomination, religion. Christianity, Catholic, and mm -hmm. that dance with the Conga Santiaguera. So I think that this part in Cuba is very, um, I think that it's more uh, about the identity, how we are, how we, what, what we, um, you know, uh, keeping as, as an identity, more that try to, you know, clear or, or, or the, 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 you know, make some kind of this Africanization and I guess that, that might be a, a result of Cuba's very different uh, political economic history uh, to the rest of the Americas, for example, where there's, you know, a lot of um, focus on commercialization and capitalization um, and capitalism. Um, so that dances would then have been converted to the things that you could make money off of. In Cuba, maybe it was less so because of the, the kind of uh, different reality in the Cuban space. Very interesting. Um, before we wrap up, because time has flown already, we've been talking for an hour, believe it or not. <laughs> before we wrap up, I want to to talk a little bit about the, the notion or the concept of foot movement, because both of you have, have raised this issue of foot movement um, and the importance of the person who is dancing, both in ritual and in popular dance, um, Afro-Latin dancers, to be able to, to move quickly with their feet, especially, yeah? Um, and that's something that there's been a lot of discussion about uh, when we talk about comparisons between Afro-Latin spaces and other African diaspora spaces, like for example, Trinidad and Tobago, which, is, um, which has had a, a long uh, colonization by the English. Because the average Trinidadian, for example, if you ask them to dance samba, or you ask them to dance um, any of the Afro-Latin rhythms, mambo, sa uh, salsa, etc., it takes a little while for them to be able to, to get accustomed to the very quick movements that are required by the feet. And I'm guessing, Brandon, that you might have had that experience when you started as well. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, it's 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 very different from a fundamental level and just the partner dancing in general and how it's done because, you know, like me, for example, partner dancing with my family members to um, just music that's popular over here is very different. And it's more of like, you know, we might be listening to some old like soul music and just sort of moving back and forth and doing that kind of stuff. But like salsa, like it's very at least nowadays, um, the more popular, and there's so many different versions, like, you know, in New York, they have salsa on two, and it's a different type of dance form than, like, salsa on one, or Cuban salsa, or even Colombian salsa, which is, like, you guys have to look at that, because it's fast, <laughs> um, but, yeah, there are so many different types of steps, and even, even going deeper into that, you know, learning salsa, like, myself from 
a more, I guess, academic standpoint or like learning it from a studio or a professor versus someone that grew up with it. it we dance very differently. Yes. Um, you know, I went, I studied about in Chile last year. And when I went to a lot of the local, they call them Sosotecas, um, when I danced with people, it was very different. I had to adapt because, you know, a lot of them grew up dancing with an idea. I just learned it in, you know, in the sort of formal context. So it's very much different. And there's a, even the signals, you know, there's so many different signals within salsa with your hands or your body and the feet too. So you want to make sure that, you know, you're not stepping on people's feet and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but <laughs> a lot of it, you know, um, it, it, it really is interesting, like from a historical perspective as well. And just like how, you know, with salsa and a lot of Afro-Latin rhythms, combining them with the, the Spanish influence and the European influence as well. And just how, I think the bigger question is just like how these styles of music became popularized and how they went from the ritual form to what you see today, right. like rumba and all those different styles. You see the same movements, you know, the, the movements that our reaches are showing in the video clip that you show, like, um, those movements are present in, in modern day salsa, mm -hmm. but at certain times and, you know, certain points in the music. And I think um, a lot of times as well, the problem is that some people, you know, they don't know the history or they, a lot of those movements are performed out of context. Yes. So um, th there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of sort of spreading of, yeah, false things like that because people aren't taking the time to understand the context of the movement and they're not respecting necessarily the roots and attributing anything to those roots, really. They're just sort of performing this movement, but not understanding where it comes from, what's the emotion is. And I think you have to have that because you can't just, you know, you can't um, just do like Afro-Cuban movement and everything because it's not gonna work. <laughs> and that's so, connected to the whole, the whole concept of erasure, right? And, and, and us not, um, not paying attention to, to the, the meanings yeah, the ideas and concepts that that were the origins of a lot of the practices that we do as people of African descent. There's so many things that we do on a daily basis that um, maybe the the meaning or the, or the reasons for why we do it have been lost over time, and we we haven't done the work to try and 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 find those things out to pass it on to the next generation. Adonis, tell me. Um, from your perspective and your understanding of the ritual space, um, the importance of, of that foot movement and if that foot, that ability in your feet has anything at all to do with um, the African traditional spiritual practice. Well, well <laughs> I, want to, <laughs> I want to start uh, saying that I am not a dancer like right? <laughs> Right. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that, but but I can move my my leg. Okay. I, <laughs> all right. Um, no, but um, I think that um, most of the result of this, um, for example, some some um, um, transatlantic, good mm -hmm. calling them that kind of way, uh, countries um, that we have. Uh, that they are uh, from Spanish-speaking, uh, you know, uh, they are different to the Anglophone uh, Caribbean. Um, I think that three aspects um, could be um, part of this result. Sure. 
Um, I've, I've mentioned before that um, one century before the Spanish colonizer coming to America, they have in Spain, in Valencia, um, some, uh, something that they celebrate that uh, they call Cabildos de Nación, mm -hmm. right? So um, at the time that, they, uh, that this colonizer come into America, they come already with these uh, uh, traditions, mm -hmm. right. okay? So um, th this kind of thing though was so um, unfamiliar for them, though was so, you know, it was something very familiar for them. They they knew about this, and they also uh, uh, create this cabildos de nación mm -hmm. in order to that the idea of they have is to have control of all the ethnicity uh, group that right. they have. But this have a, as a result that the the African descendant can continue to um, uh, keep it their tradition and their, 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 their culture, right? That, that's one thing. The, I think that the second and very important is the, the, the reason of the oral tradition. Mm -hmm. You know, the oral tradition, the orality is very important. What do you hear from very early uh, in your life? What is related with that uh, particular uh, point of the, the Africa that you keep in Africa, no, because the color of your skin, no, because uh, uh, you feel that you come from there, it's from the civilizatory space that you have and you share with them, right? The social, so you get that, yeah. so you get that from you know, from 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 them, mm -hmm. from oral tradition, yeah. here, something generation from generation, so mm -hmm. it's something that you can keep in until you have in your blood and in your bone. Mm -hmm. And the other, the other, and this is very important aspect, was the syncretism, mm -hmm. right? Because the syncretism is not only in the, in the, in the, in the ritual part, the syncretism is also in the art, in the music, mm -hmm. in the literature, mm -hmm. in, in, in all the manifestation that can be part to uh, you know to show to the population and also give the education to the population. Sure. This syncretism make that people can keep all this thing. So in the case of dance, we have you know in Cuba and in some places in Latin America, we have a lot of influence. Most of the of the genre that we have in Latin America for dance that have a very strong base of African uh, heritage, they have also blended with the Spanish um, culture. Yes. So we are we talking here about the um, you know the rumba, all the dance for the for the Orisha, um, Mozambique, uh, Mambo, all these things that have a very strong base of the um, of um, African heritage. Yes. But also we have in Cuba something that we call zapateo. This is yes. a music that uh, people dance in, in the in, in the country. That this they have Spanish influence. Mm -hmm. uh, we 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 have also um, you know uh, before in the in the in the 17th, you know 
um, like uh, uh, century 17, 18. Uh, we have something that they call a contradanza. Contradanza. This is covered with, so with some with some influence of, of French um, um, Spanish, mm -hmm. you know, and this was something that is part also yeah. of the dance in Cuba and people can be more familiar uh, with this thing right. as a part of the identity. So I think that um, the, I don't say that, um, but part of the, uh, of the result is about the, uh, the influence of the colonizer, because we have to remember that all, almost all our nation is, uh, is, 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 is created as a, a, a um, uh, you know, transatlantic yes. uh, movement and so. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, this is from, from my idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. In ritual is, is almost the same, because it's not, we don't, we don't, we dance, ritual dance, but not like people dance in Africa right. or in Nigeria or in, in you know in Benin. We dance already. This dance is already transculturated. You yeah. know, it's it's already changed. It's already syncretized. It's already yeah. uh, you know a new product in the in the new lands. I want to show our viewers before we wrap up. Um, two short clips because of something you just said um, about the social, cultural, civilizatory space that African people have always created in, by community um, to kind of inculcate and teach people from very young um, what it means to be African, the kinds of things you have to hear, the oral traditions. Um, the first little clip I'm going to play is from um, Santiago de Cuba, and it's a woman, it's a group on the street dancing, but it's a woman with her daughter, and I'm not sure what they're dancing, so I want you to tell me what, what exactly, which dance uh, are they dancing? I am no, I no specialist of dance, <laughs> but you might be able to tell, you might, yeah, maybe, you yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, right, and the second one I want to show, um, another short clip, is of an example from the Conjunto Folklorico, again, of that uh, syncretized syncretization of dance between the European culture and the uh, African culture. And I think it's contradanza, I'm not sure, but maybe you might be able to tell me. But let's take a, a look at the first one. <laughs>
So that's the first one. And let me play the second one. One did you did you were you able to identify that answer, Donna? Well, that's the first time that I saw that. Okay. Really? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but um the beat is, is similar to the music that we hear when they have some celebration for for example for some some kind of uh, celebration for uh, Palomonte um, ritual, something like that, the bee. Mm -hmm. But now the dance, um, I am from the other side of the, of the, of the Cuba, northern right? side of the island. I'm, I'm from Havana. Okay. So this is, you said that this is in Santiago. Santiago Cuba, yeah. I'm not sure what, what type of dance is. I, I, can't, I can't tell you no uh, exactly. The no type of I'm glad I was able the to bee. show you something about your own culture. I'm glad. All right. The bees sound, you know, like, uh, yeah, this is good. This is good. You <laughs> see? This is good. This is good. And let me show the other one. Um, you probably would know this one because it's more, it's more established. <laughs> Which one is that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can see that this. Um, I can see that this some kind of uh, synchronized uh, mm -hmm. dance, you know, because yes. yeah. I see uh, song element yeah. um, that they, you know, that this part could be part of the ritual scene, but mm -hmm. it's no, it's not the ritual dance. Right. That's like a, that's it's a not, it is not. Unless, unless for the regla de ocha mm -hmm. or santeria. It is no, yeah. but um, you know, uh, with the with the um, development of the cabildos, yeah. you know, they have different dance and different manifestation that they show um, of um, you know, dancer and, and music and, mm -hmm. and the the, um, the way that they that they exactly. move, exactly. what they want, what they want to say, mm -hmm. but. Um, that kind of music is uh, again the beat is very close to the um, to the um, to the uh, Congo, you know, Congo uh, or Palo Mayombe or maybe uh, um, um, the uh, Cuban. The beat I, yes. uh, I say about uh, what I hear yes. Uh, yes. about Cuba voodoo and things like that, but um, but the dance. I know that represents something. I don't know that particular dance. They say it will be my homework now. <laughs> that you I'm educating you, um, Adonis. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> but as, yeah. we, as as we wrap up, gentlemen, um, I want to ask each of you, uh, Brandon, you first. Um, what does Black consciousness mean to you, and how do you see that being connected to what you're doing? Um, in terms of dance? Mm -hmm. 
That is a, a really good question. That's a very deep question. Um, I like that. You know, I think um, Black consciousness, it has a lot to do with, one, being aware, being aware of our histories, being aware of our surroundings and our context, right. and also being empathetic to people who share our ancestry but have different contexts and different histories. Mm -hmm. um, because as I said before, um, there's so many there's so many stories to tell and there's so much, um, yeah, there, there's so many histories and I feel that a lot of it has to do with us being more educated and, and just being understanding of those different histories and understanding where people are coming from because that would just allow us to you know, be more together as a people because we're all so connected and we have so many similarities. Right. And, you know, I think it also has to do with acknowledging what has happened and how we can um, continue to move forward with what has happened and continue to support each other, continue to love each other and accept each other for what has happened. Because, you know, the histories are so different, like even just the United States from Latin America, like mm -hmm. racial perceptions are so different. You know, in the United States, like they have the whole one drop rule, the brown paper bag rule. And mm -hmm. um, there are so many differences. Like I remember the first time I was in Latin America and um, when I was in Costa Rica, I was on the beach and I was just walking down, you know, enjoying my own time. And out of nowhere, this like um, white Costa Rican man <laughs> says, Oye Negro, como esta? <laughs> and the word Negro in that context, so, you know, me not knowing the cultural content, I was just like, what? <laughs> like, what'd you call me? <laughs> but um, it's certain things like that, that, you know, um, I didn't know that, but just like, it's a term of endearment. It's a term that it's not seen as offensive, but that's just like an example. But anyway, like what I'm trying to say is that there's so many different cultural nuances within the black community or just within our different cultures that um, I think we have to be respectful of and not be so, um, not be so judgmental of each other and like because I know there can be some like rivalries between countries or different communities mm -hmm. um, like even here in the United States there's so many perceptions about black Americans because of what you see in the media like I, mm -hmm. I feel like every time I travel to a different country well one people the last thing people would guess is black American <laughs> but two I think the reason for that is just the perceptions of like you know um, people being portrayed as gangsters or drug um, dealers and all those different things that just sort of tarnish the image and you know and but I feel like when you actually if we just like as a people get to know each other more and get to know each other's stories and histories that will allow us to just connect and realize that you know we've all been wrong we've all suffered from the slavery history and we've all been through this process but we just have to move on together yes thank you very much and Adonis what what would you say about what does black consciousness mean to you and how does it connect to the work that you do uh well um as uh brandon said that's a big question <laughs> uh, uh but um i was here about what brandon say um to me for me um it's something to be proud of you know um because um as brandon said before um it's assist there were so many denominations to call the sensing, mm -hmm. you know. In some places people call, well, Afro-American, Afro-Latin, Afro-Caribbean, yes. Afro and Afro, 
right? So um, Afro is, you know, um, yeah, we are, we are, we are um, in the. We don't going to get to the to the academic point about this thing because we will never finish about that. But um, Afro is a term that uh, we use to denominate something. All right. So in my case. And I'm very strong in my identity, so I know identified myself as, um, you know, as Afro nothing, right. because uh, Africa is inside of me. Mm. You know, I don't need I don't need to to have any kind of uh, denomination as uh, Afro anything, because Africa is inside of me and is inside of everyone. You know, right. so in my case, uh, a particular case. Uh, I identify some people, some Cuba people, they identify uh, they sell because they dance salsa and let's go to the point of the, of the dancing. Mm -hmm. um, they identify themselves because they are good dancing cha-cha-cha or they are good playing rumba or they are good, they, they say they are Cuba because this is part of my identity. Well, my identity is all of this thing together. Mm -hmm. Even if I am no professional of any other, you know, because I am, I, I, I can dance rumba. I tell you the truth, I, I cannot, I cannot dance <laughs> Maybe Brandon has to teach me some class to me. Um, you know, I can dance, I, I, can, I can do some movement, I can dance salsa, something like that, but even I can do a ritual dance. And this is something that I learned after in my life, when I do all my initiation, Mm -hmm. One of the things they told me, I was no made for dance. <laughs> I was made for something else, you know. So I keeping all this, um, this heritage, this uh, all Africa, this all black conscience, because yeah. there has to be very clear in order that you understand what is what is this thing that is very important. This event that you guys do, mm -hmm. and I give it uh, so many thanks to invite me to this. Um, event because this is very important. The first thing people need to know who they are mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in order to know where they go, mm -hmm. right? And this is very important. And it's no matter what is the color that you have. One time that you feel so kind of identification that you feel identified for some culture that is very strong in, in, your, in your blood, in your bone, in, in your mind, in your conscience, mm -hmm. you are, yeah. and you can you 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 go through, and this is something that we have to teach our generation okay. by oral tradition, by the sense syncretism, accept everything that coming to enrich your culture, by uh, you know by demonstrate what you know, because you cannot live this world without show exactly what you know that other people can make it better. Mm -hmm. That you, and this is what I think about the um, black consciousness. Thank you. And so this is much. what I have as as a black consciousness. You know? Thank you so much, Adonis. Thank you, Brandon, Thank you. for joining us this morning. Um, really means a lot to all of us at the festival. And Thank you, Adonis. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. Um, so important to remind us about the importance of reconnecting, remembering who we are so that we can move forward with power, pride, and practice. Thank you so much.